Hello and welcome back to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And today we are not talking about the championship. Yes, you heard that right. Today we are going to be doing an introduction to Gaffer's other fantasy game, which is the Super League. Now, me and Dan, I'm going to be honest, know absolutely nothing about this. We're just the uh, just to show our faces. Um, Angus is going to lead us through this podcast because he is the man who watches a lot more European football than us. So, Angus, um, I'll be coming to you a lot. Dan, feel free to jump in whenever you want to ask a question, whatever. Um, just for the listeners, Angus, what are we doing tonight? Um, so we're just going to, like you said, just do a bit of an introduction. Obviously, um, people have sort of, you know, there would be some people that have played this before um, and, you know, will be quite happy that it's back. There'll be other people who haven't played it before who want to get into it, uh, want to know a bit more about it. Um, and so I think this will just serve as a bit of a, an introduction to start sort of both just get a better understanding of the game and get a bit of a feel for where you want to start looking, where your knowledge um, is better, where your knowledge is worse, which I, I hope listening to this will sort of um, help you in that process. Um, so we, we will be doing sort of more specific stuff close to the season, but I think this just serves as sort of a decent introduction to, um, to how the game works and a starting point for building your drafts as well. Okay, so we'll get straight into it then. So the first question really is, what is Super League? Yes, yeah, so Super League is the teams, the top four teams from the uh, or the big five leagues in Europe. Um, so obviously from the Premier League, you've got uh, Man City, Arsenal, uh, Newcastle and Man United. From Italy, you've got Napoli, uh, Lazio, Inter and... AC Milan. From Germany, you've got Bayern Munich, uh, Borussia Dortmund, RB Leipzig and Union Berlin. From Spain, you've got Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Real Sociedad. And from France, you've got uh, PSG, Marseille, uh, Rennes and Long. So... Um, <laughs> All off the top of my head, but it's probably because I've looked through it enough times. <laughs> so those are the teams, um, obviously. And it's, you know, it's something that's a bit different, obviously, because you're working sort of across leagues and everything. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so I guess that's the, the main starting point in terms of what it is. So I think the main one that if people haven't played this before, will be thinking here, OK, you've got five leagues, you've got the top four from each. How does the fantasy game work if, let's say, Lazio don't play Man City? Yeah. So uh, unlike the Super League in real life, which was about all these teams playing each other, um, this is sort of the the teams sort of playing in their own leagues, and you just score points accordingly. Which it will also explain to to a degree where some people will be looking at it um, in a lot of cases why where the why the pricing is where it is because it's sort of the team's ability relative to their leagues. So some teams that you might not think of as quite as good will be slightly higher priced because relative to their leagues, they're quite strong. 
other teams it's sort of like they're not quite as strong so they'll be priced lower so um you know for example at the start you you've got sort of you know i'm just trying to think man city playing burnley and at the same time you've got like you know uh real sociedad playing girona so you know it's sort of there there is sort of that to bear in mind which can make it a little bit more sort of you know, high maintenance in terms of paying attention to who's doing well in which leagues. But even if you just sort of are getting a rough idea, um, that can help you in that regard. Um, see, but that's just see, sort of how is, it functions. This is what's interesting for me. I, I didn't play it uh, the first season. And um, I, I was briefly talking to Jamie before we started that. Um, because the Premier League is perceived as being more competitive within the league, obviously you haven't got Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, Brighton um, aren't even in this. You could argue that maybe it's not the best idea to get uh, Premier League uh, players over, say, like a, a Bayern or, or a PSG where they're more likely to run away with the league. Is that is that correct, Angus? Yeah, so I think that that is sort of, that very much comes into play. So you get some of these teams that are stronger. And so, you know, there is that that advantage to having them, you know, Bayern have been that before, like you say, PSG, uh, Real Madrid is another one, obviously, and, and Barcelona, where um, those are the sort of teams, obviously a team like Man City in particular, um was successful at that point as well um but it does sort of create that that extra diversity because it's that balancing out of like the teams that are comparatively stronger potentially do give you that advantage as well and obviously Angus, it's a gaffer game so yeah. it's going to be very similar to the championship game and i hope everybody listening to this has probably played the championship game but what are the key differences other than obviously teams from different leagues? Yeah, so I think um, I think we briefly mentioned it on our on our podcast when sort of Gaffer launched. Um, the key difference is is within that that you can ha- you can have five players from one league, a maximum of five players from one league. So it's still a maximum of three players from one team, but there's also that uh, limit as well. Um, that's sort of the main difference um, is that because there's just more leagues, um, there's that extra extra rule in there. Like you say, otherwise um, the scoring is all the same. And um... so it's very similar to the World Cup version that they did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there any other differences in terms from this in the championship? Um, so the only other one which um, I guess moves us into sort of the next thing that I want to talk about is the boosts because you do get them that are specific to this game. So um, in in the first set of boosts, actually, there's um, I think it's Gagan pressing Tiki Taka and Trequatista, which is a boost for each of the leagues, which obviously you wouldn't get in the championship for obvious reasons. Um, and that's double points for each of your players, obviously, from the Bundesliga, La Liga and uh, Serie A. Um, so that's the only other real difference is just that you you end up with that sort of often end up with that difference in boosts. Um, you know, for, for reference with this, the other ones that we're very familiar with are overhaul, budget buster and triple triple. 
Um, but that's sort of the only other way with those boosts that, that you get a difference from the championship game. And scoring is scoring the same as championship. Yeah. So, so scoring is all the same. Um, it does mean, I guess, that there's potentially, you know, slightly more players that are, are getting bonus because of the, the number of teams playing, although it isn't because it's just 20, isn't it? But, uh, there's not that direct competition in the same way because it's just sort of in their individual games. So I guess that's it might work out slightly different in terms of, you know, players getting bonus, but in terms of what, you know, what the scoring actually is, it's the same, yeah. Um, one thing I have noticed, which were, is going to cause chaos, is just having a brief look at the fixtures. Yeah. Obviously, the leagues have different start dates. So game week one, is I believe that's going to be the weekend of the August 12th. It's the week after the championship, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So you've got La Liga and the French League and Premier League kicking off that weekend, but Serie A and Bundesliga don't. So there's blank straight away in game week one, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, so that means throughout the season, there's going to be a lot of times where there's going to be doubles. Yeah. Right. Um, chaos. Yeah, so so this one, I mean, I know everyone talks about it with Gaffer and with other games in terms of sort of blanks and doubles. This one does lend itself to that a little bit more because of obviously slight schedule differences. Um, you know, there's not the same sort of like, you know, in the championship where it's like if there's a midweek set of games, everyone's playing midweek. That won't necessarily be the case in this because it might be that like one league has a set of midweek games um that throws it off a bit. Um you know, which uh, adds to the sort of, you know, interest of it, um, adds to the potential missed deadlines as well. But uh, right. it, it adds they to the it. differences. And so I'm just going like, to strip it all back just for the yeah. listeners uh, right from the beginning. So when you first go into the game, if you haven't seen Super League before, at the top where you can see Championship 23-24, there's a drop-down menu. If, and then you'll see the Super League 23-24. So you pick your team from there. So the rules are three players from one team and a maximum of five players from each league. Is that correct? Yeah. So we pick our teams there then. Obviously, you've got the fixtures. And then do you want to just discuss the boost if I go through? So overall, is pretty obvious for the championship players. That's basically like a wild card in FPL, yeah. isn't it? So we don't really need to go through that one. Budget Buster. Um, those who play the championship will know about that one, but do you want just to explain what that is, just in case anybody hasn't played the championship game? Yeah, so obviously it's a big multiplier for your, for your budget players, um, so the limits for that are set at uh, goalkeepers under 5 million, defenders under 5 million, midfielders under 6.5, and forwards under 7 million, and the, the other, and it's 2.5 times points for all those players, and it's worth saying now because I mean, I know people will ask it sort of closer to a time of playing it, but I'll say it now. It is under those prices and it is the current price at that moment, not your purchase price. It is the, the player's price at that moment has to be under those limits uh, to count. OK, we've then got triple triple, which is one from the championship game. So that's, you know, all three of your captains, your captain, vice captain, emerges captain, all get triple points. Yeah. Um, Gang and pressing, then Angus. That's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? 
Yeah, so that's uh, double points for your Bundesliga players. Yes, uh, the tiki-taka is double points for your La Liga players. Yeah. And, and what's that other one called for uh, Syria? The uh, Trequatista. Yeah, I've never said that. I've seen that on Football Manager. Yeah. I've never been able to pronounce that. So that they are pretty much the basics, aren't they, of when you're setting up your team? Yeah. Have you got any... I know we're not going to go into it now. We're going to do a podcast later on, closer to the season. But if anyone's just setting up their first draft, have you got any advice You know about navigating them first blanks? Like, what would be your best advice there? So I think the big thing with the, the opener is you don't want to sort of leave yourself completely without, because I think the fact that it's Bundesliga and Serie A, you're, you've got some big teams there. And you're going to want to get into them quite quickly. Um, so obviously you don't want to leave yourself with like nine players in the opening game. Um, so I think the sweet spot is probably two players, maybe three players uh, on your bench that um, that are from those leagues um, in game week one. So that you've, you've got players ready for that. Because obviously, like I say, you know, with some of those teams and some of those players, um you know, it's it's a headache if you leave all of them out and then, you know, you're wanting to get in like, you know, Teo Hernandez and Musiala and, you know, Kvaratskhelia and whoever else at, at the same time. So I think that that's where you can sort of get a little bit of a head start on that. OK, Dan, are you all up to speed with that so far? Yeah, uh, you've explained it well, Angus. Um, I'm a, I'm a bit of a novice, not just in um, the format, but obviously um, I, I concentrate so much on English football that um, I've got quite a big blind spot, especially for maybe some of the the lesser teams in this, like Union Berlin and Ren and things like that. Obviously, we all we all watch or we all know that the main players from like the so-called big sides is for me it's going to be trying to find like a 4.5 from a, a ren i just don't have any knowledge so um yeah that, that's the sort of information i'm going to need um moving forward but that'll probably be covered at a later date yeah well we'll definitely do well angus will definitely do something <laughs> regarding that i won't be offering any advice on that at all um, I'll be tuning in and listening to Angus and hopefully he's going to give me good advice. Um, so would you say that's all the basics covered, Angus? Yes. Um, I'll just take the opportunity, actually, um, with you mentioning that um, there is currently for the Super League a fourth member of our team. Oh. Um, might as well mention it now. News. Um, which is uh, Chris Hermitage. Um, some people will sort of know him. Um, he's acted as a QPR correspondent for us. And um, he's also a Barcelona fan and uh, is is a very good uh, UCL fantasy player, as it happens. Um, does know um, quite a bit on a few of these leagues. So um, if, if anyone does want to sort of volunteer to potentially... Um, appear on any of these podcasts then please do but at the moment uh chris is sort of the the initial addition to our team for this so basically what angus is saying there is 
me and Dan are absolutely useless at this <laughs> and he needs some people to come on and help him who know what they're talking about regarding these five European leagues. Uh, not at all. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, uh, I think it's a, uh, genuinely, I think it's a nice opportunity for people if they want to come on and sort of talk about this thing, uh, particularly with the Super League being sort of an additional format. It's, it's a nice opportunity to get uh, some different voices involved as well. No, I think it's a great idea and getting people on with knowledge will be brilliant for the listeners. Um, but shall we just talk about then some of the teams then from the different leagues, Angus? Yeah, so just to start? give people a, a starting point, I think the uh, best place to start is the one that people probably know the most. Let's start with the Premier League. Okay. Um, so just in terms of alphabetical, because it's easiest for me to scroll through the teams. <laughs> First one is Arsenal. Um Obviously, second place in the Premier League last year. Um, when we're recording this, just for reference, uh, we're pre-recording on Monday night. Uh, this will come out later in the week. As of recording, Yuri um, and Timber and Declan Rice aren't in the game. Um, hopefully, they will be in the game by the time you listen to this. Um, difficult to say whether either of them will be options in this, though. Um, I think obviously the main ones that jump out um, are the three, I would probably say the three main or the four main attackers in Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli as midfielders and Gabriel Jesus up front. My initial... Will Sinchenko do well in this, Angus? Because we know the, the scoring. Do you think he'll do quite well in this? I think it's possible. Um, obviously, Arsenal did quite well defensively last season as well, which does help um, in in this format, and particularly when you've got um, White, Saliba, Zinchenko um, and Timber will be at 5.0. Um, we'll see, reading across some of the other teams, that that is quite decent value in there. It's whether there's sort of the... the the bonus or the attacking points in there is slightly tougher to read, but I think someone like Zinchenko could do um, all right in that. Now, this is the first time I've looked at any of the prices, really, Angus. Uh, Saka stands out to me. Yeah. Eight million. FPL players might get confused here, but in terms of Gaffer, you know, uh, the high-end players are 10 plus. So I'm looking at Saka at eight million is good value. Jesus. 8 million, but someone you mentioned before we started recording, Balogun at 5 and yeah. R. Yeah. Highly linked to Inter Milan, so he could become a really good budget forward, do you think? Yes, so that's one, um, you know, in the, in the draft I set up, I did put him in thinking about that possibility, um, just because, like you say, if, if he moves to them at that price, um, particularly, you know, if people are looking at Budget Buster as well, there's there's an option for you right there. And it's, if you say he did move to Inter Milan, they blank in the first game week. So yeah. it's not really going to hurt you by having him on your bench, is it? No. So that that's sort of the thinking for me. So in terms of what I was saying, for example, I mean, I've got, including a backup goalkeeper, I've got three um, who blank in game week one, or, well, including him, presuming he does blank. So... Um, you, you can do that, and and I do think that he could he could be one that ends up in a lot of teams come game week one. Yeah, I can definitely see that coming. And do you think there's value in that defence? You know, you're talking Gabriel's five and a half, 
and then White, Saliba, and Zinchenko at five. Yeah, so I think I think it's tougher for Gabriel say to to end up at value because he's that little bit more. But I think particularly there's a little bit less clarity in terms of how exactly they're going to line up with Timber coming in. Um, but I think potentially once once we have a better idea of that. Um, the others all being at five million um, or all the other likely starters being at five million. Um, there could be some nice value in that, I think. OK, right. Anything else on Arsenal? Uh, just to mention, I guess, Havertz and Trossard both at seven million. Um, so slightly cheaper than the others. Um, you'd expect them to be involved, but uh, they might be a little bit more of a wait and see to see sort of how it uh, how it balances out. OK. Um, who's next and Man City uh, I believe they're the next one alphabetically yes <laughs> scrolling down so you know obviously we know a lot about the, the the main guys to look out for with Man City you've got Erling Haaland who comes in at 13.5 wow, uh, wow. Uh, I'm pretty sure that makes him the, the most expensive player in the game um, marginally but he is the most expensive player in the game um, you've got I mean, you've got Alvarez there at nine as well. Um, you've got De Bruyne at 10, Grealish at nine, Foden 8.5. I think those are the main ones. Like, I mean, there's Mara's there who might be leaving. Um, defensively, I think, is where there is potential, um, you know, budget options uh, relative to to how well they'll do. Um, Diaz and Ake yeah. at five. So, yeah. It's Diaz and Ake at five. Obviously, if you look at the starts for City defenders in the league last year, um, I think Ruben Diaz barely started over half the games. Same with John Stones in the league. Um, so, that, But they've started basically all the games in the Champions League. So it's if that sort of split happens again, then, you know, is there, you know, is that actually going to be, you know, the risk you're you're taking by trying to take advantage of that lower price? Perhaps, but um, I think that might end up being the trade-off with them. Now, my first reaction to looking at them prices is obviously Holland's at 13.5, the most expensive, but you've got Lewandowski at 13, Mbappe at 13, then Alvarez is actually the joint fourth highest uh, most expensive forward with Rashford and Oshman. I can't say his name. I'm going to struggle with this. Um, but other than that, I can't see value because I'd rather go Saka at eight than Foden and Grealish, who are priced higher than him. So it's defensively, I think. Yeah, I think the value is defensively. And if he stays, obviously there's a lot of rumours around him leaving. If he stays, potentially Bernardo Silva at 6.5. Yes. What, yeah. what do you think of uh, De Bruyne? Because... For the bonus, he's going to lap that up, the bonus De Bruyne. Yeah, so I think he'll probably do well in that regard. Um, it's worth saying he is, yeah, from what I've seen, he's unlikely to be available for the start of the season. But I think once he's sort of back in the team, then, yeah, you would think that he, he will do well in the bonus. I could see myself with just defensive assets there because I know Haaland's Haaland, but... Well, you know, Mbappe's playing in the French League, 0.5 cheaper. 
Uh, that's just me guessing. I haven't really looked at anything, but that's my first City, reaction. Yeah, City, City do have good fixtures, though, to start. I know, but even City playing against Burnley is like PSG playing against one of the, like, the decent sides in the league when they're playing one of the like bottom three teams in that. You could be talking seven, eights. Yeah, so I think um, I, I, you know, in, as I say, in this draft I've set up, the only one I have is Haaland. Um, but I do think that it's it's a debate, like you say, with with those with those teams, with some of those sort of premium players in terms of whether the City players are actually value relative to some of them. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the next team? Yeah, so the next one is obviously Man United. This is where we can find some value. Yeah, obviously, goalkeeper looks great at the moment. They will have a goalkeeper coming in. Um, It won't be Heaton or Henderson. Um, And given that Onana is set to sign, um, I know you've been enjoying uh, the dragged out nature of Fabrizio Romano's (laughs) tweets about Andre Onana, (laughs) Jamie. Um, He is in the game at 5.0. So um, that's still potentially decent. I think there's there's some good enough 4.5s that I don't think you need to go there with Onana, but he could be a decent option at times at that price. Um, for me, Bruno Fernandes jumps out at 8 million. I don't like him, but he's, he's a good fantasy option. Um, well, would he be good in this format? I think so, yeah, yes. Yeah, he's on set pieces, isn't he? set piece taker you know primary hub for the attack so i think you know for things like key passes we've seen he likes a shot as well so um i think he could be a good option for this um and obviously marcus rashford is a nine million forward i i like him at that price i think it'll be interesting to see with him where he plays because i do think there's a lot of thought that if they don't sign another forward, he he will play, he might well play through the middle more, which um, it's debatable whether that helps or not. But you know, it, I think it potentially creates value elsewhere among the the United assets. I was going to say, do you think it'd benefit him in, in this format to be playing um, left wing because there's chances, you know, of more dribbles, more yeah. crosses, passes, like key passes. So I think it, I think that's possible. Um, I think he, you know he kind of plays from the left like a striker in a lot of ways. So, um, but I do think just that different area of the pitch does open up more possibilities for that. So um, it's it's possible that he might be better from the left, but I don't think he'd necessarily be, be bad if he played through the middle. Um, and I think it's just maybe slightly different sort of both style of play and the way he would pick up points. Okay. Anyone else from United? I think it's there's two that potentially interesting um, in the sort of midfielders, uh, depending on how United line up. Obviously, it hasn't happened for Jaden Sancho since he joined United. Um, but if they can sort of get the best out of him, him at seven million could obviously be a real steal. What about Mount and Ericsson, 7 and 6.5? So I think Mount will be slightly better, although it, I 
I'm slightly sort of concerned, obviously, that he might play in a deeper role, which is not necessarily a problem for United sort of on the pitch. But in terms of fantasy football wise, it might mean that he's not quite as good. Um, the other one, if Rashford does play through the middle, that I think is could be interesting is Garnacho at seven. Um, he did obviously look good when he did get on the pitch for uh, United last year. So I think um, he's another one that could potentially be an option. Right. And then the last English team that is Newcastle. Yes, yeah, so obviously they're a bit cheaper, um, reflecting both um, maybe slightly um, less sort of strength of the team um, and the fact that it would be interesting to see how they navigate being in Europe. Um, obviously, they've, they've sort of been upgrading their squad, but how, how that sort of works out for them. Um, stand out for me. Um, immediately was uh, the same as FPL Sven Botman at 4.5 that's obviously a great way to get sort of a budget defender in there and the two forwards being 6.5 Wilson and Isak yeah they were the two that stood out straight away when I've just looked at the team Um, having both of them at 6.5 is really cheap in this game compared to some of the other forwards um, other than that, though, what, what about? Go on. I was going to say, what about Pope at four point five? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, so so yeah. Pope, obviously, they there are there are a few goalkeepers at four point five as we'll come to, but I do think Pope is is one of them at, in that group that I think uh, could be a good option, um, as as we've seen sort of last season. And is, everyone's which is. Would you say Trippy is a no go at six, even though he's on set pieces? And I don't think he's a no go. He just doesn't sort of jump out with the value in the same way. Obviously, we know, particularly with set pieces, that he can still be good, um, and I certainly wouldn't rule him out. Um, but I think that's where, when we potentially get into some of the other leagues and some of the other defenders, you can get at that sort of price. It's whether you really want to be going with Trippier for that uh, becomes slightly more of a question. I think it's a bit too expensive, I think. Well, any midfielders stand out to you? They're all cheap, six million or below. Yeah, so I think uh, there's there's some potentially decent options in there. Um, we've still seen a couple of them sort of returning last season. I know at one point in FPL there was a, a debate about Joe Willock and Joe Linton, who were both doing well. Um, Joe Willock is at six, Joe Linton at 5.5. Um, one player who did do well, I'm expecting them to replace him with someone, was Jacob Murphy, who's at five million. And then one to watch who, you know, did well when he played for them and apparently has been bright in preseason so far is Elliot Anderson. Um, if he sort of sticks around and gets more minutes, he's at 4.5. So particularly when people are looking for things, always looking for things like 4.5 midfielders, um, he might be one to just sort of keep an eye on. And what about um, Bruno and Tonali? Are those is one of them likely to play defensive midfield, or are they both likely and have one attacking midfielder? So I think the theory is Tonali will sit, and that will give uh, Bruno a bit more freedom. So him at six could be um, could be a better option. We saw when he first joined Newcastle and had that little bit more license to get forward that he did really well. So if Tonali joining gives him a little bit more freedom to get forward again, 
then yeah, he he could potentially be an option. I'm just not 100% sure how that's going to work, which is why it's sort of like, you know, it didn't necessarily highlight him in the same way. Okay. Um, anything else in Newcastle before we move on? I don't think so, no. What league are we going to next? Uh, let's go to Italy, mainly okay. because I've scrolled up to the top of the teams yeah. and AC Milan are there. <laughs> Right, before you say anything, one stands out to me straight away, Tio Hernandez. Yeah. He's only five point five. I thought he'd have been more expensive than that. Yeah. He's straight in my team, I don't care. Yeah, so he's he's one of the main ones. When I was talking about having players on your bench for the first week so that you don't have to steam into all of them, he will be there for me. I'm I'm in the same sort of space. I get why he's slightly lower. They struggled a little bit more defensively last season. Um, but what he's capable of going forward means that for me, he he's quite an easy pick. Yes, definitely. Um, Four point five keeper. Um, yeah. Magnan is that however you say his name. So there's another four point five. Yeah. So he's he's very good keeper. Um, so I do think that that he'll be an option. Um, so I, I do like him. Who's right back? Is it Calabria or Forenzi? So Calabria um, is the main right back. I think he's the the captain. So okay. uh, he's he's likely to be the starter there. Okay, um, midfield. Oh well, Rafael Leal, seven point five. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, got. Another one to go in there that's not in there when we're recording, which is Christian Pulisic. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so that's another potentially interesting one. Um, there's a couple of those that are potentially going to leave. So um, De Ketelaer, Adley uh, and Salamakas could all potentially leave. I think Macias has also been sort of, you know, I think he's had indications that he can leave as well. So there might be a little bit of changing in that area. Um, which is why it's it's tough to recommend anyone else. But I do think Leao, obviously, and I do think that Pulisic might be an option. Obviously, it depends on whether he can stay more fit than he has done for Chelsea. And what about Giroud? Is he good value at seven million? I think so. I love Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think, um, you know, we, we know what he's capable of. We know that he's sort of a, a very solid player. And I do think the way he can play with ball the ball at his feet as well means that he, he can bring others into the game as well, which when you're looking at potential sort of key passes and assists, that is something that someone like Giroud is at least capable of at times. Nice. Any more from Milan before we move to Inter? I don't think so. I think those are the main ones at the moment. Like I say, I think they could change a little bit. So um, it's a little bit more difficult to, to focus sort of options there. Okay, so into one then, my first reaction is they're very short on midfielders. Yes, so obviously they they had a Brozovic leave. Um, they have got one to go in, which is um, Fratesi. They brought him from Sassuolo, who did well last season, so he'll help strengthen them in that area. Um, it's worth saying that those are basic. They play a three-five-two. And those are basically all centre mids. So um, they they do only operate sort of mostly sort of four or five players in there. So um, I think that's basically one in, one out. It 
defensively is Dumfries is good for well, in domestically than he was for Holland. That made no sense. I was <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but obviously, those who played, I think it was a Euros fancy. Dumfries came onto the scene. I think he and team joined into at that point. Uh, he's five point five. Is he? You know, a good pick. Yeah, I think he he ended up being a little bit of um, rotating a little bit last season, um, in part because they went so deep in the Champions League and um, they were looking to sort of keep it fresh, um, which is why for me. I understand DeMarco being 0.5 more expensive and I would probably lean towards him. But I think both of them are options, as we've seen in other fantasy games, both with the Euros, with Dumfries. And um, if people played uh, the Champions League fantasy game, they were both options uh, last season. And who's left back? I know Gozens. He's so De- DeMarco is the starting left wing back. Oh, he's left wing back. Dumfries yeah. is a starting right wing back. Yeah. Okay, so goes into his back up then to DeMarco. Yeah, the interesting thing that I, I saw a rumour about Gosens potentially going to um, Union Berlin, who are obviously a little bit weaker, but having a starting 4.5 like of his ability could be, could be a nice option, even on a different team. Nice. And what about the forwards then? You've got Martinez at 8.5. The Marcus Turam at seven point five. Yeah, like both of them, um, Lautaro, particularly the latter part of the season, was obviously doing very well. Um, didn't have the best World Cup, as people will remember, yeah. um, but did do do quite well domestically and was was really important for them down the stretch. Um, there's obviously been talk about Lukaku. He now won't be going there. Balogun's obviously potentially the main one to add into that mix. Um, but I do like both of those players and think that they could be sort of decent options. Right. Anything else from Inter Angus? I don't think so. I think they're another bit of a wait and see. Need a couple of players. Um, as it stands, even though they've got two goalkeepers on the game, once Anana goes to Man United, they'll actually have no goalkeepers. Um, so uh, that it remains to be seen who they bring in in goal as well. Saw them linked with Sama from yeah. Bayern and... There was one more and they were open to It's science. a Ukrainian goalkeeper. Um, Trubin, I think. Ah, okay. Um, Napoli then. Yeah. These so be exciting. So obviously they were the story of last season. Um, sort of ran away with Serie A, really. Oh, so we missed Lazio out. There you go, Jamie. Oh. You missed Lazio. Oh, yeah. So we have, yeah. So, okay, yeah. we'll go to Lazio. Yeah. Um, so Lazio were almost sneak, did sneakily well. Uh, no one sort of really noticed them doing well last season. Um, but they had they had a very good, very good season. Um, there's been a little bit of change there. Um, so I do think obviously the big one to mention, even you know even after them finishing second in the league, is Milinkovic Savic leaving to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, he would have been quite a nice option in this, I think. So it's it's a little bit of a shame that he's leaving. Um, in terms of sort of the players that that jump out, it's a, it's a little bit difficult to tell. They did quite well defensively last season, so someone like Provadel in goal could be a another four point five option. We've talked about you know there being four point five options. He's potentially another one. Um, Zakanyi as an attacking player um, could do quite well. Um, 
yes, under the midfielders at 5.5, that is the Pedro from Chelsea and Barcelona. It's like you read my mind. I was going <laughs> to ask, is that Lee Pedro? Yeah. Um, and then obviously up top, you know, West Ham fans, I'm sure, will love to see Felipe Anderson. Um, Why is Immobile 0.5 cheaper? So he didn't play the majority of last season. He was he had injury issues, um, so he didn't play a lot of last season. Um, so there's a, I guess there's a little bit of a question mark over him um, in terms of just sort of the bounce back and everything. Well, if he plays, yeah, he's yeah he's an absolute bargain because he's always up there for top goal scorer, isn't he? Yeah. So so if he bounces back, he could obviously be be a good option. Wow, it just shows, you know, obviously I said at the beginning, I don't watch much European football. Um, and looking at that Lazio team, I could probably name you five players from that team who I know. The rest of them, I haven't got a clue. So that's quite worrying when I don't know many Lazio players and we still get to the French teams. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go to Napoli now? Yeah. Okay, um, carry on from there then. Yeah, so obviously, as I said, they were sort of the surprise package last year, sort of ran away with the league. Um, interesting for them in that they've they've had a managerial change. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what effect that has. Um, Luciano Spalletti left um, after taking them to title glory and getting what I thought was not the best looking tattoo to celebrate it. But, you know, um, to each their own. Um <laughs> They've replaced him with uh, Rudy Garcia, who's who's bounced around a little bit. Um, I'm not sure he's the best manager, but I think their their team is very talented, um, and I think you know they could have more joy this season. Um, Di Lorenzo is the main one uh, defensively. Um, Six point zero um, does get up quite a lot to support the attack from right back. Um, will play basically every game as well. He's the captain. Um, Mario Rui most likely to play on the left-hand side, although it could also be Oliveira. Um, I really like Oliveira. If he gets in the team, I think at 5.0, he could be a really good player. Is he the Uruguayan? Yeah. Uh, okay, I remember him. Yeah. And it's worth saying with them, Kim Min-Jae um, is expected to go to Bayern very soon. Um, so what to replace him, do you think? Yeah, so obviously uh, they they bid uh, quite a lot of money, I think, for Max Kilman from Wolves. Um, so they are looking to replace at centre back. So because um, they are getting, I think, quite a bit of money for him, sort of 50, 55 million uh, euros for Kim Min Jae. So they will look to replace him there. Ramani is the other starting centre back. Um, and then your man, uh, Ostergaard, uh, 4.5. Um, he, he won't sort of play that regularly, but um, <laughs> just thought I'd mention him in there. <laughs> um, midfield, Farage Gellia. Yeah. Um, such a good player. So entertaining to watch as well. Um, will be heavily involved in basically everything they do in the attack as well, um, which you know, potentially uh, makes him decent for bonus just because of how how much he does. Um, I do like some of their other players. Um, I think Zielinski does get in- involved at times. Um, I probably wouldn't sort of go for someone like him. Um, 
I'm not sure the value is there in the same way or with uh, Ongisa at 7 million. Uh, they rotated a little bit on the right-hand side, which makes me less likely to go with Lozano or Politano. Um, and then there's there's not much much else there, um, sort of midfield-wise, I don't think. Forward, it's obvious, isn't it? It's Victor Ozimen. Um Very good player. Um did very well last season when you factor any missed time for because he broke his face. Um, but I think he'll do really well. Um, I'm assuming he stays. I don't think anyone's going to stump up the money that Napoli want for him. And I don't see any reason why he would decline. So uh, I, I really like him again. Yeah, I think at £9 million, it could be perfect if you want to spread your funds around and not go for one of the big three. Easy, obvious choice. I'd have him over Rashford myself. Um, that's it for the Italian teams. And is it, do you want to yeah. go Spain, Italy, or France? Uh, what start? Spain. It's the next one. Athletic. Madrid. Then. Focus <laughs> uh, right, for these. Yeah. So um, obviously, people will know Ian Black. He missed a lot of last season, but at five point zero again, that could be. You know, a very nice one, even above the 4.5s. If they sort of, you know, get back to their best selves defensively, then obviously he could he could get quite a lot of points there. Um, defensively, I would be looking at um, Molina and Galan. Um, obviously, the fullbacks. Uh, Molina, who obviously scored the winning penalty at the World Cup uh, for Argentina. Um, of course. So, uh, but uh, so he's he's potentially an option on that side, and then obviously um, Galan, as I mentioned, they've just brought him in um, this summer. So um, you would assume that they're planning on him starting on the left hand side. Who's the centre back? I'm guessing it's Jimenez. Uh, it's Jimenez. Hermoso um, was playing at times, but they've just brought in Azpilicueta and Soyuncu. Soyuncu is in Turkish, Soyuncu. Yeah. Oh, wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, And Stefan Savic, formerly of Manchester City, um, is still knocking around. Um, So I'm not 100% sure how they'll look to line up at centre-back. And then the other one to mention is um, who's on there at the moment. Again, might not be on there by the time you listen is Renan Lodi, who was on loan at Nottingham Forest last season. He's gone to Marseille. Yeah, I thought so. So um, we'll cover him, obviously, when we get to Marseille, but um, just one to mention there. Midfield, any options there? Uh, So the main one that jumps out is Antoine Griezmann. So um, I'm not going to talk about him as much as some of the commentary at the World Cup, where... You would have been surprised that there was anyone else on the pitch, um, but he did very well after the initial period where there was all the if, I don't know if people meant remember all the messing around about how he couldn't play more than 30 minutes a game. So you got to about the 61st, 62nd minute of every game at the start of the season and Antoine Griezmann would come on. Um, they sorted out the permanent deal with Barcelona and after the World Cup, he continued his form from that and was really good. Um, 
similar to what he was doing from France, sort of essentially for France, sort of essentially plays a free role from midfield, um, goes everywhere, um, really involved. So he's sort of the main one to highlight, really. What's that uh, like? So primarily plays from wide, but can play in the front in a front two um, if they do that. So he can potentially be out of position. Um, very quick, um, not necessarily the most clinical, but I think it, it, he could end up being a, a decent pick as a result, particularly if he's playing, if he does play sort of in the front two uh, for them. I remember he's he's one of many who have been described as the next Messi when he was younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never really seen much of him. Yes. Um, in terms of working down slightly, there's obviously Yannick Carrasco, at 6.5. Um, there will be a, bun- a lot of time where he plays as sort of the left wing back, but does get forward from that position. So even if you see him as left wing back, I wouldn't really be put off by that because it's to get him sort of in the team and attacking from that position. Um, so I like him as well. Otherwise, you know, it's it's a lot of the midfielders. Um, you know, in terms of those those sort of that will play in the middle of the park. So, you know, that I wouldn't necessarily be rushing for. So you've obviously got Coque, you've got um, Rodrigo de Paul, you've got Saul, um, you've got Thomas Lamar, you've got Marcus Urente. If Marcus Urente gets in because he does get forward a little bit more from midfield. Him at five million is the other one to to keep an eye on. I think he could be a real steal. And who plays up front? They got Murata. Jao Felix has obviously gone back from Chelsea, and they got Memphis. Uh, so this is where it's a little bit interesting because they're trying to get rid of most of the players. There. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they um, there's a lot of talk about Murata leaving at the moment. Um, I don't think they want Murata to go, but it's one of those elements where if they can get money for him, then that's that's something they might well be open to. Um, Joao Felix, obviously, uh, they loaned him out last season. Simeone doesn't really want him. Um, so I think there's a decent player there, but I'm not sure how much he'll play. And then Memphis came in, did decently for them. Um, I think they probably would look to recruit at striker if those guys did leave. Um, so it might well be that whoever's playing for at- up front for Atletico Madrid isn't there at the moment. Um, but it does lead me also to sort of think, say, you know, look, keep an eye on Angel Correa. OK. Um, anything else from Atletico? I don't think so. I think I said more than I expected to about them. So. <laughs> yeah, and now after how long you went on about them, I'm quite worried about Barcelona because I know no, you no, want Barcelona gonna, quite a lot. This is going to be quite easy, I think, Barcelona. Go on then. They were very good defensively last season, at least in terms of their record. Um, it's just they were a little bit lucky. Marc-Andre Testega was incredible, but you're not going to um, buy him for six million compared to some of these cheaper keepers. Um Balde, I think it's the main one defensively if you're looking for any sort of attacking output. 6.5. Be their main left back now then? Yeah. Okay. Um, so he took over from Alba last season even earlier than they expected and it's what led them to, to sort of, well, led to Alba leaving this summer. So um, uh, if you want a, a, to take it slightly cheaper but get someone who will play, uh, Ronald Araujo who I think is is a very, very good defender. Um, 
sometimes plays at right back, but really will play centre back. Um, and so if you want almost that that sort of nailed defender that's a little bit cheaper, it's it's him really. Um, midfield, uh, Dembele if he's if he's fit is obviously the main one. Um, Rafinha will most often play if he's not. Um, Gavi plays this sort of hybrid role where he plays on the left wing, but then uh, moves inside to sort of give them an extra midfielder. Um, so even though you see him on the left wing, I'm not sure he's really the option you'd be looking for. Gundogan, we saw what he's capable of at Man City, and I think he's still got that element to his game. So I think he could be a good option. Um, Pedri is the other one I really like at that value. Frankie de Jong, we're both big fans of Frankie de Jong. I'm just not sure enough about the role he's going to play this season. Um, if he's given even just a little bit more license to get forward, I think at 7.5, he could be great value in that team. Um, and, and, and then Lewandowski is, you know, went to Barcelona, was top scorer for the champions in his first season. Yes, yeah, so you're basically though choosing between um, Haaland and Mbappe, really, aren't you? Yeah, you can maybe get two of them um, if you're willing to, if you're looking for, or if you find the right combination elsewhere. Um, but you're probably only picking one of them. Okay, um, let's move on to Real Madrid then and uh, talk us through the key players from their team. Yeah, so in terms of talking about goalkeeper ability, Thibaut Courtois, we all know how good he is. Again, you're not picking a 6.0 goalkeeper compared to some of those other keepers. Uh, defensively, it's a little bit up in the air in terms of who's going to play. There's been a little bit of rotation at centre-back, primarily between Militao, Alaba and Brudiger. But again, they're going to be centre-backs. You're not necessarily massively looking at centre-backs. Carvajal could be interesting. He had a dodgy season last year, but if, he's, if he has a solid season, then... He could be a nice option. They brought in, they brought back Fran Garcia, who they had sold to um, Rio Vallecano. Had a very good season um, under uh, Andoni Araola, who incidentally has gone to Bournemouth, of course. But he could be a, a good option if he's the starting left back at 5.5. Um, I wouldn't think too much about any of those cheaper defenders. Um, midfielders is obviously sort of where people are really looking with Real Madrid. It's an incredible list there, just of the midfield, <laughs> just in terms of the players there. It's an incredible list. Um, top, obviously, is Vinicius Junior. Um, had an incredible season last year, um, particularly when you factor in some of the treatment he was getting from opposition fans. Um, and he will be an option. Uh, Rodrigo, uh, another very good player, um, likely to play on the right, although I think he might split time with Valverde, um, which lessens the appeal slightly uh, in between those two, is Jude Bellingham. I think there's been some talk about them potentially uh, switching systems slightly and potentially having an attacking midfielder. If that is Bellingham, then he obviously could be incredible value in that team. Um, the other midfielders, it's mainly centre mids, so... Um, they're incredible players in terms of the likes of Modric. I really like Chouameni, Kamavinga, and obviously Tony Kroos, but I'm not sure you'd be looking at any of them. Um, 
the only one maybe is Brahim Diaz at 6.5 if he does play. They plan to actually use him this season if he does play remotely regularly in that team. That he, he could obviously be great value. And the main story with Real Madrid is Hosselu. He's not their only striker, sure. Yeah. Currently, he's, currently he's their only striker. They have said that they are willing to start the season with him being the only striker. They also said they were done signing players when they when they signed uh, him, and they've already signed another player since. And they're trying to sign Kylian Mbappe, and they might try and sign Harry Kane, and they might try and sign someone else. So, um, I think if they had to start the season with Hosselu, they would. But I struggle to believe he'll be the the only striker there come the start of the season. That that's crazy to even think that. <laughs> oh wow! Um, let's go on to Real Sociedad then. Yeah, so this is one of the teams where I do think people can start finding some some bargains um, and some some sort of enablers. Um, so you've got Ramiro in goal at four point five. That's another starting four point five goalkeeper. Um, I think he did manage to get into the Spain squad or was certainly on the verge of the Spain squad. So he is a decent goalkeeper. Um, defensively, uh, you've got Lenormand, who's five. The others are 4.5. I am not 100% sure who's going to start for them uh, defensively, but obviously a 4.5 option could well emerge from them. Um, so that's worth keeping an eye on, particularly as preseason progresses. Um, I know they brought in Hamari Traore, who's a right back, so it might be him. Um, Munoz or Diego Rico will start at left back. Um, so I think that that's sort of the potential options there. But um, I'm not like that unless you're looking for sort of a 4.5 defender. Um, I'm not sure I'd be looking for them. Uh, midfield. Uh, I really like some of the options here. I think this is where you could you could have some joy. Um, Bryce Mendes, I think, is a good player, but the two other 6.5s are, are the ones that really caught my eye. Um, Take Kubo and Mikel Oyarzabal. Are you like fluent in Spanish, Angus? Because that was impressive. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive. I'll give you that. Um, so for, for reference, I... Uh, I, I did Spanish uh, through university and lived in Spain for a year. So, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, it does help a little bit there. Um, I did Spanish in school, GCSEs, but I got kicked out by those lessons. <laughs> Being a prat. Um, so those are the two main ones. Oyathabal missed a lot of last season. Um, but He's highly he's a, rated, isn't he? Yes, he's a very good player. Um, did well for Spain at the Euros. Um and I think he could be a good option. And Kubo um, was obviously very highly thought of, was at Real Madrid. Um, initially went to Real Sociedad on loan, is now there permanently. Um, and he did very well for them. And I do think that he could be um, a really good option at 6.5. Um, Mikel Marino at 6. A uh, bit too deep lying for me in terms of being a gaffer option. Did they play Newcastle? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. And then just to mention him because I love him, David Silva, five point five. What's his game time like? Rotation, uh-huh. but uh, so it's uh, you know at his age it's tough to play regularly. But 
uh, I might have him in just because he's David Silva. <laughs> I don't know any of the forwards. So, Carlos Fernandez and Umar Sadiq. Umar Sadiq has bounced around a little bit, but did well. Oh, I can't remember who he was playing for. Uh, I'm going to say Almeria. If I'm wrong, then, uh, well, I'm wrong. Like, I'm not even going to say correct me, because I'll just be wrong on that. Um, they had Sorloth on loan last season. Um, I know there were conversations about them trying to bring him back, but um, I'm not sure they'll do that now. Um I don't love any of their forwards, to be honest. Okay. Um, right, let's go to Germany then, because Bayern at top of the list. Yeah. So, obviously, goalkeeper Manuel Neuer. Um, I assume he'll be back from his stupid injury. Um, take care when skiing, folks. Um, Jan Sommer, obviously, uh, a lot of talk about him going to Inter to replace Onana. Um Defensively, I think it's interesting. I'm not sure Rafael Guerrero will actually play in defence. I think he'll play on the wing. Um, I, I think there's there's been some debate about whether he's going to play in the wing or whether he might even play in midfield. He did that a lot for Dortmund last season, I think. So um, it might be good. It might be bad, uh, depending on where exactly he goes. But... Um, the one that jumps out, uh, just going to go down the list, is Alfonso Davies at six. He actually, I saw an interview with him last week. He, he said that he wants to play left wing when he joined Bayern. Yeah. That's where they signed him for, so that's worth looking out for. Yeah, because I know he was a winger when they, like you say, when they brought him in. So uh, it would be interesting to see, because particularly if he goes further forward, that's obviously massive. Um, in terms of centre-backs, they've got Upa Meccano and De Ligt they'll, and Kim Min Jay, like I said, coming from Napoli. Um, there's talk about Pavar potentially going to Man City um, to replace Kyle Walker if he goes to Bayern. So um, that's something I'd probably stay away from at this point. But I think the main one there is Alfonso Davies. Yeah, midfield, the stacks of options. Yeah. So uh, just to read down the top ones, just to sort of lay that out for people. Musiala, Nabri, Mane, Muller, Sane, Coman, Kimmich, and then Goretzka. Um, I'll leave out Savitza, Lima and Gravenberg. But um, Musiala is obviously the place to start. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you say he can't. How much better can he get compared to last season? But given his age, he could, which is sort of scary. Um, Nabri, Muller, Sane, Coman. Maybe there's a little bit too much rotation risk there. Yeah. Um, and Mane, there's talk about him potentially going to Saudi Arabia as well. I don't think they are entirely happy about that transfer. Um. And you said you like Kimmich. Yeah, with the midfield, there is, like I said, there's way too much rotation. I didn't want to go Musiala there. But people might be put off Kimmich. He's 8 million because he does play defence midfield. But by him playing that high up, it's not like he's a defensive mid. He's on the ball a lot. Um, and he is the one to pull the strings for them, key passes. So it might yeah, be. Yeah, he's got a lot of key passes. That. He's on set pieces as well. So I know in Fantasy Bundesliga, he was gold. Like everybody had Kimmich. 
he was one of the most highly earned players in the game. So he's worth keeping an eye on. Um, but Goretzka, seven. I don't think I would. It'd be Musiala and Kimmich, really, wouldn't it? I think so, um, particularly in terms of what you're saying with Kimmich and the key passes. I think that that does make a, a real difference as well. And the forwards, it's just cheaper promoting and talented. So, obviously, Harry Kane's highly linked. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's there's an idea that if they can't get Kane, they might just roll with someone like Chupa Moting again. Um, I'm not sure where else they would go, but I'm sure they'd find another forward to go for if they don't get Kane. The problem is with the rotation, because Mar- Marne, before he got injured, um, played through the middle. Muller's done it as yeah. well. Um, Gnabry can do it. Yeah. Um, it's just picking who is going to do it, which is a nightmare. I just, I just love also, you know, just bringing that Stoke element into it. We've talked about Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, <laughs> being former St- Stoke strikers. Who did you sign today? As well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we are signing Coventry's fourth choice centre back. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so we go to Dortmund. Yeah. Um, so I guess at the, just to, to briefly mention, uh, Koble five million, closer to viable in terms of with you know those four point fives probably mean that anything above that you're not necessarily going to go for. But I think he's a potentially decent option. Um, in terms of the defenders, um, I know they played sort of um, Wolf and Rioson a lot last season, but I guess with bringing um, Ben Sabaini in, who's a left back, um, only one of them will start now. Um, I would guess Rioson, but um, you might be able to talk to this more than me, Jamie. What happened with Thomas Mounier last season? He was basically non-existent. Yeah, I was wondering, did he like get injured or something? Because it was just like it was just like he didn't exist. I'll be honest, Angus, I can't even remember him from last season. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if it was. He just actually, yeah, I forgot he even played for him because he was never in question. Yeah. Rice and sometimes played at right back, um, but then did play at left back quite a lot. But like you said, with Ben Spiani from um, Gladbach, he was very attacking for Gladbachs. He is a really good fantasy asset. So he might be interesting. I wouldn't go near the centre backs. But Ryerson at five, because he, he can cover both sides. Yeah. So he might be the better one to have. But the problem is he's not nails. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ben Sabaini would probably be the best one in that case. Um, midfield, another one flush with options there. Mm. Um, and potentially at some very appealing prices, I think, depending on who does get the start. Um, Yulin Brandt's obviously the most expensive at uh, eight. You've then got Adi Yemi at 7.5, Royce at six. Royce at six is a bargain because if he's fit, he starts. Yeah, but I mean, it's Marco if he's fit, Royce. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's just jump on him whenever he's fit, just jump yeah. on him. Um, and then obviously get rid when he's injured. But at six million, that's a bargain. Yeah. And then the other two that I'm interested in. Uh, the uh, two of the guys at 5.5, uh, Gio Reyna 
and I've already forgot his name, first name, uh, but Bino Gittens, who joined them obviously last season from Man City, another one of these players who's gone out to Germany to sort of get more football. Um, left winger, I think. Um, I know I saw that they were quite pleased with him from last season. I'm not sure how much he actually played. Um, but it's just at those prices, I think if, you know, if one of them is playing regularly, they could obviously be great value. Yeah. Rainer was a bit at a mess. And Manchester, is that um, from Wolfsburg? Yeah. Yeah. Five and a half. Forwards is interesting because Hall, um, Halle is seven and a half. Um, Malan, six and a half. I'm not his biggest fan. I bought Mukoko at five if he can get some game time. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really like Sebastian Allaire. Um, yeah. I think he, we didn't necessarily see the best of him in the Premier League at West Ham. Um, but I think he's done really well for them. And obviously the storyline last year, missing the first half of the season due to cancer, coming back and, you know, playing really well, playing like he hadn't sort of been away. Um, it was obviously great to see, but is then potentially quite encouraging going into this season as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting assets there with them being so cheap. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And like I say, you know, even if someone like a Gio Reyna gets into the team or Bino Gittens, someone like that at 5.5, you know, like you say, Royce at 6, there could be some incredible value there. Mm. Right, Leipzig then, Angus. Stair one, it's interesting because every time I've looked at their team, they then keep adding players. Uh, <laughs> They've changed the team so much. Yeah, so obviously... You know what their their main man, well their two main men probably, or two of the main men have gone in uh, Christopher Nkunku and uh, Dominic Saboslai. Yeah. Um, but they've done some quite good work in terms of sort of replenishing the the players and um, building the squad back up. Um, the first thing to flag is there's potentially a bargaining goal. If Galachi goes back in goal at 4.0, you've He's got, got to be the keeper to have. Yeah. Um, defensively, um, I don't know about you. Uh, there's not necessarily anyone that massively jumps out to me from that group. Henriks was the best of the lot last year, um, but you know he's 0.5 more than some of the others. Um, obviously, Garvidal centre back, but he's probably going to go City. Alsenberg's okay, but. I don't think I'd go any. Henriks would be the one I'd have if I had to have one. Yeah, uh, I don't particularly love them defensively, but I do think that attacking-wise, I think they have some very interesting players. Um, so obviously there's Forsberg, 6.5. I'm a big fan of Danny Olmo. Danny Olmo, yeah. I can't believe he's cheaper than Forsberg. Yeah, and at 6 million, I think he could be very good. Uh, Baumgartner, who they I think they spent decent money to get him from Hoffenheim. Yes, he was good in Bundesliga last year, fantasy. Yeah, he's 5.5, as is Fabio Carvalho. You see, like my bias towards <laughs> Carvalho is going to take me straight to him, but yeah. Olmo at six is the standout. Yeah. Um, I think they're bringing in another player as well, another attacking sort of midfield player. Um 
they're getting him on loan from PSG, aren't they? Um, the Dutch lad who was at PSG. Oh, uh, Xavi Simons. Simons, yeah. Uh, and so he just adds to those options. Um, I think he could be. He's another sort of good addition into their their attacking options there. Um, the forwards, I think, is there's potential value there. Um, although it's worth saying, um, they've added um, Openda from. Um, Long, um, who I think is about eight million in the game. Um, so it might be, yeah, he's eight million. So it might be that there's not the value there. But if they do play, you've got Werner at six point five with Sorloff, and then Andre Silva and Sesko at six. Um, Sesko, I think, did quite well for Salzburg. Um, so if he gets involved, could be could be good value, but with them spending so much money, I think it's club record fee for Openda, who's going to be eight million, there might not be as much value in their attacking in their forwards. Yeah, I don't think so. Verne started doing well towards the end of the season last year. Andre Silva was the main man for the first half of the season, but doesn't really set the world alight. So we're going to Union Berlin. Yeah. Right, then uh, start with them. So there's there's not a lot of players that I know a lot about here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same. I never played Bundesliga, but I, I didn't watch a lot of Union, I'll be honest. Um, I know Juranovic is, a, is an attacking fullback who can play on either side, so that also potentially helps his value in terms of being in the team more often. Um, Triple so, is the one. 4.5, he was their best um, point-scoring defender last year, I think. Yeah, so I think those those are the main ones, because like I said, I do like Juranovic if he plays sort of regularly, because he does like to get forward. Um, so I think he could be a decent option as well. Midfield, midfielders. I don't know a lot about them, but they do have um, uh, Brendan Aronson coming into the game. Ah, of course, some leads. So if he comes in cheap, he might be an option. Um, apart Back from that. Up front squad. Yeah. It, off as well, because it's a really good price. Yeah, and they're bringing in um, the Chelsea young lad who they signed from Norway, I think. Um, Datro Fafana. Fafana. He's come in on loan for them. Obviously, he's not in the game yet, but... Um, so there's potentially a couple of sort of cheap forwards there that, that might be worth a look as well. Okay. Right. The French league now. Right. What, what we've been putting off. To yeah. The, the, <laughs> other than the PSG players, I have got no OP here. So um, take us away, Angus. So we'll start with Long. So first one, you know one of these players? I don't. That's Brees Samba in goal. Of course, Forrest, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there, there's one for you. Uh, the defenders, I don't know a Frankowski. lot, to be honest. Frankowski done well, uh, done well with key passes, I think. There you go. Nice one, Dan. Someone's done his <laughs> research. <laughs> um, 5.5, so I think, you know, that's... And I think Danso did well for them, but um, I think... I wouldn't necessarily be looking at them defensively. They're, they're decently priced, but I'm not sure 
whether you, you're going to be wanting them when they're similar value to some of these sort of better teams. Um, I have no idea who these are, Angus. Um, yeah. Is the striker um, side, SID, was he in the African Cup of Nations, fancy? I think so. His name just seems familiar, but it could yeah. be someone completely different. I have um, no idea. So I think there's there's a little bit uh, in their midfield. Um, so for Fana at seven million, he won't be there. He's about to seal a move to um, Saudi Arabia. I've seen that today. I didn't know that was him though. Yeah. So that's him. Um, but one that's potentially interesting, I I know about him because he's been linked with multiple Premier Leagues before. Premier League teams before is Full Genie at 5.5 he's an attacking mid um and like i say he's been involved he's been linked with multiple premier league clubs before which quite apart from anything else suggests he's quite good so um uh i he's one particularly at his price where he might be an option for people um apart from that um it strikes me that that there's not a great deal there um so midfield wise um, and obviously in the forwards, there's there's likely to be a new player there um, because they've lost a pender for a lot of money. Um, I would assume they'll reinvest at that position. Um, but I think Sotoka did decently for them as well. So, But I, I wouldn't be paying that much for their forwards until I knew sort of what they were going to be doing and how they were going to make up for losing a pender and for Farner, who's their sort of main man in midfield. Okay, they, they sound um, interesting, Angus. That's as much as I can give you on them. <laughs> what about Marseille? I re- at least I recognise some players here. Yeah, so Paul Lopez in goal, 4.5. Another one to add to the 4.5 mix. Um, the one I'm immediately going to mention in terms of defenders, as I mentioned in terms of moving from Atletico Madrid, is Lodi. Um, what was he, 4.5? Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, some people will recognise Mbemba, formerly of Newcastle. Yeah. Um, there's there's a bit of a theme as well. Uh, I don't think so. But um, uh, Balerdi, who's a centre back, was at, at Dortmund briefly. He's in the, Jordan Amavi, former Aston Villa. Um, but I do think for them, the main defender in terms of it will be Lodi at 4.5. Midfielders, obviously, Dimitri Payet uh, is in there at 6 million, as is Cengi Zunder. Is he Turkish? Yeah. 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 Had an unsuccessful loan spell with Leicester. Ah, uh, that was it. But did do well before that at um, Roma. Um, Also had one of my favourite nicknames uh, when he was at Roma. Uh, where he was the Undertaker, uh, <laughs> and uh, it meant lots of Undertaker gifts from like the Roma social media team, which is always a good thing. Uh, <laughs> so they're potentially interesting. Obviously, names that people will know: Jordan Veratu, um was in the Premier League. Matteo Ganduzi was in the Premier League. Uh, Malinovsky was previously with Atalanta. Uh, so some people might be familiar with him. Jeffrey Kondogbia. Um, who was with Atletico Madrid and I think has been linked with a move to the Premier League for the last decade. Um, and 
Uh, one that could be, or two that could be interesting. There's uh, Amin Arit, who's an attacking midfielder, Moroccan, and Unahi, who had a very good World Cup for Morocco and uh, then moved to Marseille, um, just in terms of the potential sort of having a player there at uh, five million. Okay, so we've got two more. I, I, I don't want to end on Ren. So, so we'll, we'll do Ren first, and then we can talk about PSG. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ren, I actually think there's some decent options in at Ren. Um, I found an option. So we'll start with the goalkeepers. There's Steve Mondonda. Who used to play Marseille. Yep. Yeah. Is he about fifty? <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> uh, but another four point five goalkeeper. Um, midfield uh, defenders. Sorry, I'm I'm not sold. I don't know if Dan's found something in his research with Ren defenders. No, <laughs> no I, I don't know any of them. Um, I just want to get into the midfielders really um, because uh, Beauregard is decent. I really like Martin Martin Terrier. Did he play for Leon? Yeah. Um, Doku, um, who's played for Belgium. He's uh, highly rated, isn't he? Yeah. Um. He, I know he's one of the players that Aston Villa want if they can't get Moussa Diaby. Um, Are they just try and find like all the best younger right wingers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Beauregard could be good. I, I, and like I say, I really like Terrier. Um, he'd be the main one I'd, I'd be looking at from them. Who did you find, Dan? Uh, Beauregard. Beauregard. He was loads of key key passes. Straight yeah. on the shortlist, I've never heard of him, but he all goes straight on there. And then the other one to mention, very highly rated forward, is Guriri. Yeah. Um, seven million, but with some of those other attacking players around as well, and how good he is, I think he could be he could be a decent option at that price. Nice. Right now, you need to tell me my triple place on PSG because I'm definitely having triple. Yeah, so I'll start by ruling out Donnarumma because at six million for a goalkeeper, you just don't need that. Defensively, I mean Hakimi, um, but at seven million, uh, whether you want to be paying that is another question. Is he playing as Hakimi? I think so. I'm He's not at present, is he? I'm not 100% sure what his legal situation is. No, I, I don't either, so I don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marquinhos at 6.5. Um, you've got Nuno Mendes at 6. He's got to be an option, Anthony Mendes. I think so. Um, part of it for me depends on where they have bought uh, Lucas Hernandez to play. Of course, yes. He's not in there at the moment as we record, but... Um, there is that element of if they have brought him to play left back, um, because they have also brought in Skriniar from Inter Milan, then potentially Mendes isn't an option. Otherwise, if if Fernandez is coming to play centre back, then I really like Mendes at six. Um, but that's sort of the concern there. Obviously, you've got Mukiele. At, Mukiele, if Hakimi is unavailable for whatever reason. Then I do like Mukiele at five point five. 
Yeah, because he'd be the right back then, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Skriniar will probably play um, after that. There's there's not much to it. I think Kim Pembe is being phased out. Um, is Ramos left? Yeah. Okay. Where's he gone? Uh, nowhere yet. Ah. His contract expired. Um, I don't think he'll turn up at a, a team in the game either. Ah, okay. Midfielders. This is where it's gonna. The interest is gonna start. Neymar. Asensio. Hmm. Asensio is in yeah. Madrid. Yep. Oh wow. Came in on a free transfer. Um. But you've got Neymar, eleven point five. Obviously, does very well in that league. Um, will be one that does well. Um, I remember from two years ago, he was one that did well uh, in the bonus as well, um, just because of how involved he is in the build-up and everything. So um, he could be a very good pick. Marco Sentio, as you say, good player. I think he he could be could be a nice option. Um, Vitinha, um, briefly of Wolves at one point. Um, another good player um, they've done quite well in terms of turning over their midfield area so where you look at Verratti Fabian Ruiz Carlos Soler um, they may be some options um, the other one that I am interested in um, who isn't in the game yet uh, like I say might be in the game when people listen is Kangin Lee uh, from Mallorca yeah he was very highly rated at Valencia uh, went to Mallorca and uh, is now signed for PSG. Um, and I think pe- particularly depending on the price, I think someone like him, who's more of an attacking player, um, could be of interest. Um, but I think, to be honest, you know, Neymar and Asensio, they are the two most expensive, but they're the two that would sort of jump out. And uh, then we get to the forwards with their main man. Will he be Real Madrid's main man? Uh, we'll find out, but Kylian Mbappe. If he stays at PSG, he's my Puma captain, 100%. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you're sort of looking at it, work out the rest of the team, you know, Mbappe and uh, Haaland, and work out the rest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if he stays there, I mean, even if he goes to Real Madrid, but particularly if he stays there, yeah, he'll be an incredible option. Well, I must admit that was interesting because there's a lot of players I forgot that I knew, and there was a lot of players I had no clue about. So at least it's handy to, you know, have the main players put out in front of me so I kind of know what I'm looking at rather than being lost when I go through the players' lists. But I think that was just a perfect introduction, really, of like the main players. Like you say, just before the season comes out, you'll put a bit more content out with more key players and stuff, won't you? Yes. Yeah, so obviously, like you know, that went a little bit more in terms of covering the players than I quite expected. But hopefully, it will give people a bit of a sort of jump start on where to be looking from each team as it gets close to the season. Would I'll do a little bit more? in terms of, you know, what teams are likely to look at and thus, you know, sort of check back in in terms of which which are the best players to be looking at um, and where teams are looking at that point. Brilliant. Is there anything else you want to cover before we leave it there? 
Um, I think people have listened to me in particular talk quite enough at this point. <laughs> you were quite impressive, though. I must admit, it was really good, Angus. Um, definitely an eye-opener for me, and I'm sure it will be for a lot of the listeners. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think this will be it in terms of uh, Super League content, at least for probably a week or two, probably a couple of weeks at this point until we do something else. Okay. And what have we got coming up then for the listeners regarding the championship game? Uh, so we've got um, pod at some point with last year's winner, Craig, uh, not rag uh, on Twitter. We'll have the three um, sort of, you know, the big three preview pods. And the other thing to mention, which I know I didn't mention on the pod we did with Luke, was um, we are on Planet FPL next week. Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, we also need to make space for uh, predictions parts so we can come back to it at the end of the season. Yeah. Because they're always quite fun. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. So I know we did that on Twitter last season, but I'm happy to do that as on Oh, a did pod. we? Yeah, we can, uh, we can work that out. We can workshop it, whether we're going to do it on a pod or not. I don't mind either way. Okay. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Dan? No, I've learned a lot, and uh, I've now got about 100 players I've got to try and fit into my team now. <laughs> right, well, that is it then. Thank you very much for listening, listeners. I know it was a long listen, but I hope it was worthwhile, and we'll see you next time when we cover the Championship. Goodbye. 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 Unbelievable. Unbelievable.